0: Dive in Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. And this week, we're gonna give out some seasons beatings. <laughs> it's time for a, a ho ho holiday movie. Uh we haven't talked any Christmas movies this December. I actually noticed last December we didn't talk any Christmas movies either. I don't know how we uh missed that. Mm. But we're gonna be getting into David Harbour's new Beat 'em up, Christmas action, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Violent Night, yeah. which is a movie full of insane kills and hilarious one-liners
1: it's funny i haven't felt in the christmas season and then i watched this movie and i was like
0: i feel so jolly and merry <laughs> like the least festive christmas movie well it's festive actually it but... is festive
1: um but not in the way you would expect right not in the conventional
0: sort of ooh feel good christmas movie mm. yeah
1: um but speaking of christmas before we start i just finished uh nutcracker Yeah, which is super exciting your play so fun! Um, I got to play Godfather Drosselmeyer in the Nutcracker, the one who brings all the magic, um, and the titular character, the Nutcracker. Uh, and it was so much fun. I had a blast. Um, but honestly, my favorite part about it all was, I uh, there was this little girl there, and her name was Piper. I have, I like it. Never met her parents before. Never met her before. But on the night of like dress rehearsal. Um, I'm wearing, like, my outfit is, like, uh, a white button-up shirt and, like, a black vest, a little cravat, and then I have this, like, black velvet cape, uh, that I get to wear, which is so awesome, I love it. Uh, but she just came over and, like, wrapped herself in my cape, and she was, like, hi, like, super cute and all this stuff, and by the end of it, like, I got this picture with her, and, and she was, like, uh, Oh, she was like, I'm going to miss you. And I was like, I'm going to miss you too, Piper.
0: You and Piper uh, are giving me serious Leonardo DiCaprio and that girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood vibes right now.
1: Literally. You know what I'm talking about? Um, No, she was the cutest thing. And um, I had so much fun. uh, Had an absolute blast. So happy that I could uh, do that again. Come back and be in the Nutcracker. Because for those of you who don't know, I was in the Nutcracker with that dance group uh long long time ago um when you but, were a young lad exactly doing dance but no it was so much fun and it was really weird too cuz like the i don't want to sound um uh what's the word i'm looking for i don't know full of myself sure. i guess is the way sure yeah um but it's weird because it was almost like i was a celebrity
0: Yeah, you're like
1: returning Wesley Giffen. Returning Wesley Giffen, right? And so there was only like three or four other girls who were also alumni. And we all kind of felt a little bit like celebrities because random parents that I had never met before would come up and be like, so glad to see you back. Mm -hmm. And I was like, thanks,
0: whoever you are. It's been five years since you've done
1: it or six? Five years since I've done it. um, And... Like, they haven't done the Nutcracker for two years because of COVID. the pandemic and COVID mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, that be back. And people being like, so good to see you. And me being like, you too, random person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess that's true. That'd be a really weird experience because you did it year after year after year growing up. Yeah. Did you ever play Drosselmeyer before, or were you always just the Nutcracker Prince? Normally, um,
1: they for Drosselmeyer, they bring in somebody else, like a professional dancer or whatever. Right. Um, but this year, the guy that normally does it couldn't make it, and so they asked me to do it, which was so kind of them and so nice. Um, and so I got the opportunity to come back as a professional. Yeah. Um, I have a degree now. Four and-
0: years of school under your belt. Exactly.
1: Um, and do it. And it was, it was a blast. Um, and I'm super happy that I got to do it because it made me, A, realize how out of shape I am. Mm. Um, <laughs> and B, uh, it's nice to dance cause it, it's been a while since I've done dance like that. And it wasn't really a lot of dancing. It was more acting, but also I went a little, uh, I committed to the bit a bit, um, and I learned sleight of hand magic Wow! I can now. You make... always
0: do this. Every time you get a role, you're like you're like a method actor. You like immerse yourself. I know.
1: I'm like I did. I di- I learned guitar. Yeah,
0: I, was I like, learned. You all these learned things. ukulele for one of your plays. I didn't. I've never seen you play it before. And then you just bust it out. I was yeah. like, Yeah.
1: What? Um, but yeah, I learned sleight of hand magic. Uh, I can now make cards appear out of uh thin air. so Damn. Can it's... you do it right now? I don't have a card. <laughs> oh, <on> anything, <laughs> okay. But, uh, it would just sound very weird to the audience. That's all the true. We'd like...
0: just start talking about card games for like the next like 30 seconds. Yeah.
1: Uh, but no, it was super fun. I yeah, I had a blast. So. Nice
0: man, that would definitely get you. I feel like in the Christmas mood.
1: It definitely did. Uh, and then I went and saw this movie, and I was like, "Oh, I'm, even, I'm in the Christmas mood even more." You're
0: like, "The magic of Christmas is real." Yeah, exactly. Have you uh, have you done any Christmas shopping yet? I
1: have done Christmas shopping yet. I actually already have your present.
0: I have yours as well.
1: Nice. Um, but I'm, I still need to do some, I'm a little, I was very proud of myself cause I started early and so I, I have some presents. Same.
0: I have like five or six and usually by this point in December, I do not have many presents.
1: Yeah. At this point I have none normally, yeah. but I have a couple which I'm very proud of. Uh, there's some people I have no idea what I'm getting for them yet, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I have officially like, you know how during Christmas your parents and family members are like nagging you for what you want for Christmas, all that stuff. I was really good. I got it all, all off my plate very early. I was like, here's this, here's that, here's all these things. I know what I'm getting because I've mm-hmm. told them what I want, and that's exactly what they're getting me. Um, but it's it's been really good because it just like I finished that, I got that done, and then I would I checked in with my mom, and I was like, does anyone else need presents? Did I do it all? And she was like, yeah, you're good. I was like,
0: Whew. cool, off the hook.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, how about you? Have you like have your parents been like what do you want for christmas tell us all the things you want for christmas
0: yes and sometimes i struggle with like coming up with suggestions because i'm a pretty easy person to please so i'm like Mm -hmm. get me like a couple criterions and i'll be happy yeah um this year i had like a lot of stuff that came to mind i was like i want last of us part one on ps5 i want a new record player obviously i'm not going to get all these things but it's nice to have um selection because it's going to keep me guessing of what i what they actually went with and what they got me um Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like to be very forward about the things that I would like rather than like have people play guessing games and like get me something that I might like. I like to just be like, no, I like this. This is much cooler, you know? For, do you find that
1: now as you get older, um, you're asking for more adult things for Christmas or are you still asking for like more fun stuff?
0: I do think I'm starting to ask for more adult stuff. Like I asked for some, like a new pair of shoes, which is like, you know, that's still kind of a fun thing, but like that's, I I need them. So Mm -hmm. it's something that I asked for. Um, the record player is kind of like my only big fun thing. I also want to like be able to work out at home. So I asked for some of that stuff, mm-hmm. some kitchen stuff. So I do have some adult recommendations. It feels weird asking for adult stuff. Like, obviously I need it, but like Christmas has always just been like, check it out. It's your new favorite video game. And it mm-hmm. just feels weird to be like, thank you. Here is uh, ceramic bowls.
1: Now I'm like, oh thanks for the, I asked for like a beard trimmer yeah. and like a <laughs> coffee grinder. And I'm like... It's it's uh it's very adulty things I'm asking for, mm-hmm. um but something I didn't ask for because I knew no one was gonna buy it for me but I bought for myself, is my new espresso machine.
0: Dude, that thing is nice. I just got here and you were like, Hayden, I have to show you something. Ooh, yeah, literally thing is sleek. Literally just got it today. Daja
1: Classic Pro, Thunder Black Matte. Um, you can say how much it was. It's a nice little flex. It's six hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it's worth it. Uh, all. Surprisingly enough, all of the money I got paid for Nutcracker is going towards that. Boom. So it really, in reality, I didn't lose any money because um, that kind of paid for most of it. I still have some left over that I'm going to continue to put into the machine. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and like Nutcracker's not your job. You, yeah, exactly. you made some money from that, but you also make money elsewhere. So that was just like a nice little bonus.
1: Exactly. Um, but I'm so happy. Uh, I can now make espresso at home, I can wake up on a Saturday morning. I don't have to get dressed and walk over to the cafe. I can just uh, make myself a little latte, make myself a little cappuccino, a flat white if I must.
0: Uh, I'm I'm so excited. You a flat white guy? You like flat white? I'm a flat white guy. Nice. I, I don't, need to try one. I've never had a flat white. I've just made them. For
1: I like them more than cappuccinos because cappuccinos are very foamy and I'm not a big fan
0: of the foam. Me neither. It's like half your drink is non-existent.
1: Yeah. So I like flat whites. I also like Cortados, which are just flat whites but with less milk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm more in that kind of realm. Nice, nice. Nice little flat white, little syrup in it. Mm,
0: very Gonna good. Gonna have to come over for like a nice espresso before the pod. Yeah, Free pod espresso next time.
1: Before prod- pod espressos. Yeah.
0: No, that's exciting, man. hmm I feel like this Christmas season is, um, the older you get, the more it just starts flying by. It's yeah. It's just like, you just can't grasp onto it. Like, I don't know how we are like December 5th. Yeah. Yes, there's still 20 days till Christmas, but I also feel like it was like November 16th and I was like... Time to decorate the house, like, yeah, literally. like, just a couple days ago. And that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just flying by. But, okay, let's expand the Christmas discussions a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before we get into Violent Night, I wanted to talk a little bit about something else in the vein of Christmas movies, which is, like, what makes a good Christmas movie and what mm-hmm. defines a good Christmas classic? Because now that people are starting to see Violent Night, everybody's getting the chance to have a lot of fun with it starts the immediate conversation that starts with any Christmas movie, which is, is this a new Christmas classic? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be in rotation for the next couple years? Because that's what matters with Christmas movies. Um, so to you, what do you think makes a Christmas classic in specific? Or if not a classic, like a good Christmas movie that you would revisit? I think as
1: far as Christmas... The the generalization... St- I'm going to start with a generalization of Christmas movies. I think the... Two things that a, that a movie has to have for it to be a Christmas movie. A, it has to be set during Christmas, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but B, it has to have, the, like, the final lesson or, like, the big thing is either that somebody is trying to get to their family to spend time with their family for Christmas or somebody learns a lesson about that's Christmas-related, whether it's giving or uh, sharing love, like, all those things – um, that's kind of what I think defines a Christmas movie mm-hmm. and I think those are just kind of like the baseline things you need to have Um, what makes it a Christmas classic however and this is just my personal opinion I think a movie has to be out for a while to be a Christmas classic mm. because to become a classic I think what it has to do is you as a parent have to show your kids it and it, like, it really impacts your Christmas in some way uh-huh, whether it's Because, like, when I think about my Christmas classics, I think about The Muppet Christmas Carol or, like, Muppet's Family Christmas because that's what my parents showed to me when I was a kid. Right. Or, like, there's a a short called Prep and Landing um, that not many people know about, but I used to watch every eve of Christmas Eve. Um, And so, like, those are Christmas classics to me. So I think what makes a movie a Christmas classic is not whether how good the movie is or what it's about, it's how you connect it to your time spent at Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like a lot of people say Elf, but I think Elf is overrated and overplayed. Fair enough. So I think there's there's definitely some criteria and the criteria that is very specific to the person.
0: I was going to say, it's all so opinion-based with like Christmas classics. Yeah, exactly. And
1: so... I mean, there are definitely Christmas classics that I think everyone can agree upon. Like, yes, I think Elf was overrated, but it is a Christmas classic. Right. Um, so
0: the same way that many people now are starting to hate on Polar Express be like, this movie's really creepy. But an entire generation watches it every year. Exactly. It, it plays in public places during the Christmas season constantly. You can't argue it whether you like it or not. It is a Christmas classic. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Or even like The Grinch. Like, people have seen The Grinch a million times, but mm-hmm. it's still a classic. Like, everyone loves to watch it. Right. Um, So I think there are some criteria that can be like general Christmas classics, but I also think there's just some that I think people find Christmas classics because of they watched it when they were a kid or their parents showed it to them or
0: whatever. I do agree with you. I think what will make a Christmas classic is usually, A, like like you had mentioned, completely opinion-based, but also – completely down to the movie that your family is going to watch in succession year after year Mm -hmm. because everybody will end up having different Christmas classics. And I think it's hard for a movie to come out and you two immediately be like, that's a Christmas classic. Uh, No, it's not. We don't know that yet. We need at least 10 years to see its staying power and how it kind of reflects on people's enjoyment of the holiday. One movie that I think is going to be a Christmas classic, but I can't speak on it yet because it's only been out for like seven years is um, The Night Before with Seth Rogen. That's just a Christmas comedy classic that I, I or that I feel like is going to be a classic because it already has had that rewatchability, that staying power. Yeah, uh, it's almost a nearly a decade later, and people will still constantly bring that one up. Like, yo, have you seen this? Mm-hmm. So that one feels like a a more modern classic, and it's kind of hard to tell, but it is really based on like each year. You'll kind of know a little bit more clearly, yeah, exactly. what it's looking like for that movie, yeah.
1: If you're willing to watch it year after year, then I feel like it becomes a classic mm-hmm. in that kind of sense.
0: It is all based on repetition, yeah. You know, like exactly. a Christmas classic is not a movie that you and your family watch once and go, "That was pretty good." It's like the one that you've seen like 13 times in your lifetime, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, do you think, while we're on this note, uh, and while we're talking about Christmas classics and and it being hard to foresee the future, let's let's play a little game here do you think violent night is going to have the potential to become some sort of christmas classic whether it's a cult classic whether it's like a a midnight screener late night show do you think it has any chance of being in like the pantheon of christmas movies that get brought up every year
1: i don't know i think it could potentially be like a cult classic where at first people kind of hate on it and then start to gain it starts to gain some love Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do think it will just kind of depend on what kind of reception it gets because it hasn't been out for long yeah um, and not everyone's gotten a chance to see it and so I think it'll just really depend on like what people if the people really enjoy it or not personally, for me, I thought it was a really fun way to kick off um Christmas like I feel like it was a fun way to kick off December 1st or whatever. Um, I also think it could be really fun for those people who, like to start celebrating Christmas in November. Mm-hmm. Um, as almost like a bridge from spooky season into uh Christmas. True. Yeah. Just like I, I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is a similar vein, where it's nice to watch it like late November. In between um, the holidays, yeah. Um and so I think it could potentially. I think it has potential. Uh but I don't think it'll be a Christmas classic for everyone.
0: Yeah, it's very true. This is not a a family Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. I guess before we get into the movie, the one last thing I wanted to say on this note is like, you know, people who listen to this podcast are probably well aware of the fact that a lot of my favorite Christmas movies maybe aren't conventional Christmas movies. I like Christmas horror. Um, And so you had said it has to have some sort of big heartwarming awakening for a character. A character has to realize something about, the holiday or about themselves towards the end of the movie. Yeah. I do agree that some of the best Christmas movies follow that structure, but some of my favorite Christmas movies kind of just end with like chaos happens on Christmas and then, you know, people go about their lives. Um, I feel like for me, the parameters of a Christmas movie, have to be like, I like when you can feel the tone of Christmas through the colors through mm. the movie. So I guess it's such a wide parameter, but my favorite Christmas movies, obviously, obviously are the ones set during the season but you can feel it through the cinematography, through the directing. Mm. Um, when it feels soaked in like the colors of Christmas and the vibe of, of the spirit of the holiday, I guess those are my favorite because I like Christmas slasher movies yeah. too. And yeah, I feel like a good Christmas slasher is just like people getting killed, but there's lots of red and green. You yeah. know? So I don't know. What makes a good Christmas movie is so subjective to everybody, but I feel like if we're talking based on the individual thing of what makes a good Christmas movie, it would be like, Learning something about yourself, learning something about your family, enjoying the holidays and coming together is mm-hmm. kind of like the big thing. When Violent Night actually has that. It has, honestly, it has all of them. It has everything that kind of checks off a good Christmas movie.
1: It and has the getting together with the family. It has the learning the lesson in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I forgot the third parameter um, is that everyone believes in Santa. That is the third parameter for a good Christmas movie. Without
0: question. They don't need to ask them. Even the adults are just like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: This one has it. Um, Elf has it. Uh, The Santa
0: Claus has it. The one issue I have with the Santa Claus is like the wife is like, Santa isn't real. You can't keep condoning this. I'm like, but he is real. I've seen that he's real. What do you mean? Who puts the presents under the tree? I've always wondered this with Christmas movies. Is like, if the adults don't believe... And the presents are still showing up. And Santa's existent in this universe. What's going on there?
1: Before we get into the movie, I do want to talk about that really quickly. Okay. I find it so odd that in movies where Santa exists, the parents say that they give all the presents.
0: I know. It's like, but you didn't. And you're not freaked out by the fact that you didn't do that? You're not freaked out (laughs) by the fact that there is an extra present that you don't remember buying? It's like the one thing they're most excited for. You didn't even buy it. And you're just like, yeah. Someone took care of it. Yeah, I'm so confused. It's Creepy and it, or weird. like, or like for the movies where it's
1: like only Santa brings the presents. What? What then? What are the parents doing? What are the parents <laughs> doing? Are they just? Do they know that Santa exists and they're just taking credit and just telling their kids that Santa isn't real so that they can get the love? If so, that's that, really twisted and messed up. Yeah. Um. But I'm just always so curious about that. Yeah.
0: It's like the one Christmas movie logic I just don't think we could ever come to any answers about. It's no. just like it's just a mess and, you know, you got to just extend some belief, I guess. Exactly. I, I guess. Um okay, let's get into Violent Night a little bit. Mm-hmm. Violent Night, the short line pitch for it is this is like Die Hard meets Bad Santa. Yeah. And Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Sprinkling a little Home Alone for good measure. Um or, you know, I've also heard people say John Wick meets Santa. I'm, I'd am go more to say Die Hard meets, yeah. meets Bad Santa. Um, there's very much like the John McClane kind of trapped in one space without many weapons trying to figure out what to do. It's mm-hmm. less like Santa's pretty badass in this movie when he wants to be, but he's not like some unstoppable killing machine like John Wick. He yeah. gets his ass handed to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm only a human man. And if you give me a movie where Santa Claus is killing people, a bunch of robbers I'm on Christmas so Eve, here for it. I'm just fucking here for it yeah. immediately. I think the second this was announced, I think last Christmas, I seen like the deadline reports about It's it like David Harbour playing Santa in action comedy. And I was like, yes, done. I am good. I'm in like, let's go.
1: I walked into the movie, not expecting anything other than Santa kills a bunch of people. And I was like, I'm here for it.
0: It. It lives up to it, too. I feel like when you go into a movie like Santa kills people, it has to very – it very much has to live up to that. Mm -hmm. And it does. I think you'll come out of uh, this movie being like, yeah, it's everything it promised it would be. Um, So what did you make of Violent Night? First impressions out of the theater. It's always the first question I start with. What did you think of the movie? I came out of the theater
1: so ecstatic. Mm -hmm. Like I was – I was like, I could watch that again right now. Let's go. Um, I I was just riding a high because it's so fun. Like I don't think I can describe it in any other way. than it's just fun. Like to me, I was walking out and I thought, okay, the script was okay. The acting wasn't great, but the kills, the epic action scene, action scenes, uh, David Arbor in general, mm-hmm. it was just so fun. Um, I had an absolute blast. And I was like riding on a high as I left. Like
0: I, like I said, I was filled with the Christmas spirit. Same. Leaving the theater. So I, in my case, I got pretty drunk for this. We were like, all right, let's... Friday night, I got off work. Brayden and I were like, let's just go and watch this movie. So we went to Cole's place and we were like, we're going to stay here overnight. Which is not something we usually always agree to at the very beginning of our evening. It's like, let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. go inside and let's get drunk and then let's stay the night here. A lot of the time we're like... Someone should DD so we can go home. Mm-hmm. Um But we were immediately like, let's do this. We went upstairs. We pre-gamed a little bit. And then we went to the movie. So I was like feeling pretty good. I was buzzing. A couple movie, drinks in. Which is how you should see this movie if you're able to or yeah. if you want to. Um But I found that that was such a perfect viewing experience. I was like, let's have a couple drinks. We're going to Uber down to the theater. And we did. And it was everything that it promised it would be. It immediately it's just such a fun crazy movie and Mm -hmm. if you just have to accept what you're going to watch and what you're going to see and it's going to deliver on that
1: yeah it really does it really is just like go watch it for the fun insanity Mm -hmm. don't go for the plot don't go for the acting go for the insane premise that santa murders a bunch of people
0: yeah and i've seen murderous santa movies before um you know, I've seen Silent Night, Deadly Night, but this is an imposter who dresses like Santa and goes on a killing spree. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Evil, same thing, imposter who dresses. Um, so many of these ones are like some guy dresses like Santa and kills people. This is not that, guys. This is Santa. This he, is Santa. He's really doing the thing.
1: This is indeed Mr. Claus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, so with violent night, we're introduced to a Santa who's grown pessimistic and he's tired by a generation that he views as materialistic. They don't have any Christmas spirit. They don't really care about the holiday. They just want gifts. They're greedy. Um, which and, I would totally
1: agree on. I just want it's absolutely true. Yeah. I feel like that was such a real moment. And I, I fully agree with Santa being like, all they want is new video games and cash. And that's it. Yeah. And I thought about it. and I was like, Oh my goodness. He's right. like, my younger cousin, no offense to my younger cousin, he is an iPad kid. Like he, he just consumes media all the time, um, and they constantly need something to like something to take their attention away from real life. They mm-hmm. just need something, right? So I I fully agree. Is that um, I feel like nowadays kids very much aren't asking for a new bike or right. a kite. They're yeah. asking for a video game or an Oculus or money.
0: Or an iPad.
1: Or uh, Fortnite bucks, or right. whatever.
0: So this would make Santa's job pretty boring. And it mm-hmm. would take the the wind out of his sails quite a bit. And you can see it from the very first scene. This guy is someone who has been pretty jaded by the lack of Christmas spirit in, in the last decade. Um, and he, so he's delivering presents, and he's pretty sick of it. He's gagging at all the milk. It's hilarious. Gagging
1: at all the milk being like, 2%, percent, ew.
0: Yeah, skim, um, ew. Skim, ew. Uh, and then he finds himself in a die-hard situation of needing to dispatch of robbers who are holding a wealthy family hostage on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty simple setup. And the movie, I will admit, overly convolutes itself at times a little bit. It does. Um, But I feel like just the when it leans into this setup of just like, Santa is sick of shit and he's in a bad mood this Christmas and these guys should not have gotten in his way. I think that that is such a simple premise. So do you think that this movie loses itself a bit in in what it's trying to do or do you think that it it follows that simplicity to a t
1: i think in moments it definitely loses itself and i i think it's just because um like there's in the movie there's santa's plot where he's running around killing people mm-hmm. um and then there's the family side of it where we get family drama and these robbers are trying to get a bunch of money that they've gotten a safe downstairs the family just sucks Like, not in a funny way either. They just suck. Um, Fucking Bertrude, I hate him. Whoever that actor dude was, so bad. Um, The, oh God, the first thing that the sister says, I can't even remember any of their names because it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. They're Uh, just like,
0: yeah, they're like blank caricatures of like rich, annoying people.
1: Yeah, it's very basic. Uh, But the first thing the sister's saying is being like, oh, hey, you've gained some weight. Yeah. I was just like, oh, this is what this is like. Um, Which, to be honest, though, is I think we've all experienced that a little bit uh, when we hang out with our families during Christmas. Maybe not during Christmas, but in general, uh, we get the occasional interesting comment, things like that. Um, So it's not not so far off that I don't relate to it. I can relate to it at times. Mm -hmm. Um, But they are just, like, very annoying. And so I think that those moments with the family, little, it loses its way a bit with those because it's not very well written and it's not very well cemented. Um, and it's not the plot that we want to see. Right. All of Santa killing people. So good. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the best part of the movie. And so I think that's where it really is the strongest and it loses itself when we go to the family drama.
0: And like, that's kind of, that can be the issue with like movies that live and die by their premise is like, a movie's crazy premise like that can't be the entire movie. There has to be yeah. other stuff throughout. Um, but obviously when the premise is so awesome, you're gonna only really want to spend the time in those moments. So when you have this family storyline that I'll be honest is like pretty bad it's, weak. it's it's pretty weak. like they spend a lot of time with it. I think Braden leaned over to me during the first like 15 20 minutes of the movie and he was just like, damn, why is discount Oscar Isaac getting all the screen time here? Yeah. Thankfully, once this movie becomes David Harbour kicking ass as Santa, it stays that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really bounce back and forth. But there's times where the movie is struggling to find its footing because it's got two plots to set up. And one of them is incredibly boring and poorly written. And the other one is really, really dope. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I will agree that the family just stuff wasn't really the best.
1: Yeah, it's not really great.
0: doesn't help that David Harbour is an incredibly committed actor and a very good actor. And pretty much everybody in the family is like, eh, they're not very great.
1: Yeah. Uh, I definitely think David Arbor shines in this. Yes. Um, And I think, too, his portrayal of Santa is so good.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we got to talk about it, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: No, it's so fun. He essentially starts off the movie as like an alcoholic Santa. Like you were saying where it kind of fits that bad Santa slot. It very much does. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just so fun to see this portrayal of Santa because normally we see him as this holly jolly dude, whatever. But in like the first five minutes of the thing, you're watching him going around delivering presents and like, hissing off the side of his sled yeah well it's midair, or vomiting on the
0: bartender yeah okay so i wanted to say yeah this movie cold opens with santa getting wasted at a bar um there's only reason i feel the need to mention this is because there's an incredibly funny line that when we mm-hmm. talk about like favorite lines from the movie i'll get into later that's during the scene uh santa then like wows them by taking off in the sled and they're all like, oh my god, he's real. It's really him. And then he just leans over and he pukes all over the bartender. Like, yeah. that immediately sets the tone for this movie so well. So good. Yeah. Or, like, when he's
1: he's going around from house to house, there's even one where he takes, like, a sleeping dad's six-pack of beer. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just, like, crushing beers in the sled. Um, It's hilarious. And so I love this portrayal of this, like, Santa who is kind of sick and tired of his job mm-hmm. um, and just kind of wants it to be over. Uh, but then he he ends up at this house uh, he sits in a massage chair and falls asleep <laughs> oh yeah which is so good um, and then like insane shooting starts happening like they find out that the uh, waiting staff is actually all bad guys and they start taking hostages killing all the security um, and Santa uh, has to like hide and all this stuff and then his reindeer get lost yeah um, I just love how real he is. You know, he's not like the Holly jelly center used to, he's just a very real dude. And so like his reindeer running away, he's like, no, 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 like, no, no, no. Son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. Um, okay. On that note, I completely agree with you. One thing that I will say though, is I think so often in movies like bad Santa or, um, even Mel Gibson's fat man that I saw like mm-hmm. two years ago. Um, those Santas are so grizzled beyond repair. Like they are like, it's like Bruce Wayne at his worst Santas. I'm like, yeah, it's just like, they are really obviously bad. Santa's not actually Santa Claus, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Down um, in the dumps. Just down in the dumps. And what I like about this take is like, he is down in the dumps and he is pretty jaded and mad at the world, but David Harbour plays him in a really interesting way where he still feels like Santa. Like He's... he still has this glimmer in his eyes and this like kind of hopeful nature to him where I'm like this dude is really really mad at the world but he still kind of got that joy
1: I think one of the great things about his character that you can really tell right off the bat is yes he's sick and tired of his job but he keeps doing it because he loves it secretly on the inside Mm -hmm. like there's still something inside of him that he still is like I still have to give these kids presents Um, and it's a great way to make your character redeemable um, by having them seem like so not for it in the beginning um and slowly 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 throughout all this crazy stuff that happens um really like redeeming himself yeah uh and so i i think yeah he he, david arbor just does such a good job at, at portraying this version of santa
0: yeah he does he really nails what they're trying to do but he also really nails like the tone of santa not to like it's santa claus i'm not here to like overanalyze and be like david harbour oscar award-winning in his portrayal of violent night oscar award-winning santa uh, but i i will say he just he has a charm that allows him to play the dark version and the light version of the santa claus character and i think that that's what i think makes it so impressive because if he was just playing bitter angry santa like that's been done and i think yeah. he, he adds a charm to that portrayal that i think is really interesting and really really fun to watch yeah, he definitely does Okay, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the young actress who plays... Trudy. What, Trudy, yes. I, I'm i going to get her name, but what did you think of her? And what did you think of the kind of dynamic that she forms with, with Santa, which becomes a huge focal point of the movie?
1: I think, A, she's the second best actor in the movie.
0: Yeah, after John Lugazamo, yeah.
1: Um, Or I guess third best, uh, if we're going like that. Mm-hmm. Um, But uh, I think she's very cute and very sweet. And she it really is, like, the heart of the film. She is. Um, she very much has the classic, like, Christmas wish that her parents would get back together. It's all she wants for Christmas. Um, and she very much is just, like, so sweet, so kind. I love her. I think she's great. And I think she does a really good job in this movie with her relationship to Santa. Because um, it's it's fulfilling that idea of just believing, Like her dad gave her this walkie talkie and said, this is a direct line to Santa, which it does end up being a direct line to Santa, but she believes it right off the bat regardless. Um, And even when some person she does not know on the other end answers and says it's Santa, she believes that it's Santa. Mm -hmm. And so it's fulfilling that like believe in Santa no matter what kind of thing. Right. Um, And she keeps driving. She keeps believing in him the entire way until she finally meets him in like the last 15 minutes of the movie yeah um, so I think it's really effective the way that they that she never sees him like she never actually sees him because it drives home that point of she just believes yeah, and that's what kids do.
0: That's the whole magic of Christmas is just believing
1: exactly. and that's what ends up helping her family is that she believes and she's able to help Santa murder all these guys. yes,
0: uh, <laughs> I think it's through this character of Trudy. And she's played by Leah Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's through her that this movie is able to be a little bit more than a Santa Claus beat-em-up action comedy. Yeah. Um, does it fully work at trying to be that? Not entirely. But I think I'm glad it did it. Because like, mm-hmm. like I've been saying for the last couple minutes here, like this movie does work so well because it's able to be an effectively high-spirited, like, kind of jolly, warm Christmas movie at the same time as Santa is like bat- bashing heads in. Yeah. Um, and usually you only get one or the other. It's like you are the most pessimistic ho- uh, h- holiday movie of all time. Or you're like, hope and belief is everything. And I think this movie walks a pretty nice line of the middle there. Mm-hmm. And it's through that Trudy character that they get to do that. Um, yeah, she has some weird line deliveries, but she's a kid. And yeah. kid acting can be pretty bad and can really ruin a movie. But when it's a Christmas movie like this, and the character is like leaning into some of the cliches of the Christmas movie genre... She did everything she had to do. I think she was good.
1: You want to hear a really hot take? Sure. <laughs> I think I don't know why I'm. The, I'm just gonna say this. Okay. <laughs> but I think the girl who plays Cindy Lou Who in the Grinch movie alongside Jim Carrey, she's not. It's not that she's bad. It's just that Jim Carrey is such a character that she seems so flat the entire time.
0: I think she would probably agree with you because she's not an actress anymore.
1: Yeah, I. I just she's not a great. Character. Anywho, sorry, I just had to say that
0: Taylor and I believe is her name. I think. Well, whoever um, she is, she's in a metal band now.
1: Yo, she's the lead singer of a metal band. I hope she sings the metal version of "Where Are You, Christmas." I,
0: I like to think that she would if she ever did like a holiday show. I like to think she'd be like, "All right, let's fire it up." It'd be so good. Yeah, no, but I I do agree with you. Actually, I think that Jim Carrey is like obviously the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In a world so dominated, and this is kind of just a statement, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. And mm-hmm. I said it to you before we started. In a world so dominated by family friendly Christmas fare, it seems like every movie that comes out at Christmas time is meant for you to watch with your, either your younger brother and your younger sister and your parents. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. meant for everyone to be able to watch it, which is fine. Um, but Violent Night is made for you and your friends to have a night out, it is made yes. for you to get a margarita or a beer and to go watch Santa kill people. Mm-hmm. Do you can you name any other Christmas movies like, like that are like that and do you think that's why Violent Night is just, like fun?
1: Well, I think you've named one which was the night before. I think yes. that's also yeah. another great one. Um I I think there are also just like very adult movies, like adult Christmas movies that you could talk about mm-hmm. like bad Santa, um, bad Santa, things like that. But I think Violent Night stands out a bit more because like, you were mentioning that you enjoy horror Christmas movies, um, which do have the kills, but there's no, like, happy ending to them, right? right. This is one of those movies, like, Die Hard, um, where there's, it's so packed with action, but still has that very meaningful ending. Um, and so, I think that this is a great movie to have a couple drinks and go see with the boys. mm mm-hmm. um, or, like, just to sit at home and watch just for fun and have a drinking game, too, as well? Yeah. I think this would be a great drinking game I, movie.
0: I hope this releases on VOD relatively soon. I'm glad it's uh, actually doing well at the theaters. I heard it's, like, made quite a bit of money in its opening weekend, considering the type of movie it is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad to hear that, but I hope it releases at streaming soon, because I'd love to watch it with my dad uh, this Christmas when I'm visiting their house. Because mm. this is just... The absolute type of movie that my dad would love. Like a Christmas movie my dad would love. It's all the gory, goofy shit that he and I like. But also, there's a pretty nice Christmas message in here for the whole family. If the whole family is willing to watch Santa kill people. If
1: the whole family is like 14 and older. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but when we finished watching the movie the other night, one of the first things Cole had mentioned, I was trying to get him on this episode, but we couldn't get another mic. So I'm going to speak for him. Mm. One of the first things Cole had mentioned was like, This movie works really well as, like, a satire of other Christmas movies. It's almost purposefully, at times, setting up the plot in the exact same way that a lot of Christmas movies would. And even, like, lines of dialogue. And really, I think the satire is largely in regards to the family. Mm -hmm. Everything that's going on with them almost feels like it's, like, mocking what, what you would get out of, like, the family gets together at the house and they all argue. You get that just in a hostage scenario
1: yeah like i was saying earlier you get like the classic like the family hates each other but are just gathered because it's christmas Mm -hmm. you get like the classic um big christmas party but no one wants to actually be there you get like the competing to have the favorite present kind of thing or the best present whatever yeah um they do definitely play into like those uh classic christmas things but making fun of them like For example, I think a really good scene is um, the moment uh, where the where like Santa's about to strangle one of the bad guys out or the girl with um like what is that called yeah garland with the garland yeah and then the the like the toy the automated toy goes off. I, I feel like that is a staple in a lot of Christmas movies where, like, someone's trying to be sneaky or whatever and then the random weird Christmas toy goes off or even, like, um uh I think another good example is the scene where the guy gets killed by the Christmas lights because he gets electrocuted. Yeah. I think that's a classic staple of a lot of Christmas movies like National Lampoon's Family Christmas does that joke where the dad has too many lights plugged in and he plugs it in and then he electrocuted. gets electrocuted.
0: Without the death, yeah. Without the
1: death. <laughs> Um, but I think kind of making fun of things like that, and even too like the, which is something we can definitely talk about, is the whole Home Alone sequence.
0: Yes. Um, oh, sick scene.
1: Totally making fun of Home Alone because a lot of those, it's a lot of those moments where it's like, ah, oh, come on, kid, you got to make these booby traps so we don't see them, and then they still fall for them. Yeah. Um. So I definitely think it's making fun of them in a way, uh, but also very effectively using them to get kills and funny moments out of it.
0: Yeah. Like, I've seen a lot of people online, both for positive and negative, describing this movie as a mishmash of other Christmas movies. And that Mm -hmm. is, like, absolutely true. It just depends on how willing you are to get on board for that. Because if you watch that and you go, oh, this is cheap. This is just, like, a bunch of other Christmas movies. It's a well-done sort of compilation of them all. It brings it all together really well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Okay, we have to talk a little bit. About Nordic Viking warrior Santa Claus. Yes, you only get a couple brief shots where Santa's kind of filling in his his past and giving you a little bit of details through some lines of dialogue and flashbacks here. Mm-hmm. But we see a hard cut to David Harbor as like a Viking warrior when Santa's talking. About Just his like life. covered in blood, covered in burning villagers
1: behind mm-hmm. him,
0: like. It's so cool. It's so cool. And you know what's crazy? It actually fits the lore of Santa. And I thought yeah. that I thought that was wild. Like the fact that Santa could have been a Nordic Viking warrior prior to this, I was like, huh, never thought about it like makes that. Makes sense. Yeah.
1: No, it, it's it's such a cool premise. Um, because it perfectly describes the latter half of the movie where he goes fucking insane yeah. and is just like murdering people left, right, and center. It makes that work so well. Um, it's a really cool idea of how even, like, he was talking about how if there was an Nautilus back then, he would be at the very top of it. Um, this idea that these characters who are, have done such bad things are still redeemable, which is a, a big part of his, like, arc. The Santa arc that he's going through is that he, he is, like, down in the dumps, he's an alcoholic, he... Uh, Doesn't really care about Christmas anymore, but this redemption arc still happens um, because of the magic of Christmas and people believing and kids and all this stuff. Um, So I think it works so well, and I think it's so fun. Um, The idea that uh, he used to be this, like, Viking warrior.
0: And that's why he's so prepared to just kill all all the people on the naughty list.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why he can do it is because he used to train and he used to be, like, this Viking, insane Viking pillager and whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it so much. It's such a fun little detail to add. It, and it's it such really... a fun
1: take on the, the, sto- the history of Santa. Because, like, no one... There's no real, like, set, I think, history of Santa. People uh, talk about how the it first came along by there was a guy, St. Nicholas. Yeah. Um, and whatever, like, historically. But no one can really prove it or whatever. Um, and so I th- I love this little take on, oh, it's actually he used to be a Viking. And then christmas magic and he can't really explain it but now he's santa
0: yeah you know i mean there's so many different takes on the lore of santa claus amongst culture and and religion it really can vary so much Mm -hmm. and that's even mentioned in the movie when they ask him his name and he starts cycling through all the names that he has yeah um and i think to give us this interpretation of like obviously santa is is norse uh and to lean into the fact of like yeah you know what else he was he was a viking i'm like Cool. Crazy. I'm, I'm all here for it. It really sells you on the lore they're going for with like, this is why Santa is able to completely <laughs> eviscerate all these people. Yeah. Um. So what are some of the coolest kills? Actually, yeah. you know what? Mm. Before we talk about coolest kills, I wanted to talk about the robbers a little bit because we kind of just glossed over them. Yeah, true. Um, and I feel like we should at least get into them and, and what their plan is. They are here for $300 million. I don't think the number needed to be that high. That's excessive. No. Nobody has that amount, <laughs> that amount in their basement.
1: I'm gonna be honest I think the whole robber side plot makes zero sense
0: it doesn't make a lot of sense it's kind of just like again when we go back to that point I made of like a mishmash of other Christmas movies they're just it's just like Home Alone
1: yeah they're just here for the money yeah Um, they're just here to rob the house for the money but wild that um, the backstory of how this family has all this money is that for some reason the US government gave them all this money so they could just stir shit up in the Middle East yeah $300 $300 million in cash.
0: Just like to a random rich person to, to stir shit up.
1: And then it somehow just magically disappears. Um, I don't know. It's a little wild. Um, but they don't at the really same get time, into it either. They're just like, no, that is the only is mention it. of it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time it does, uh, have, it does give the, uh, it does add the stakes of being able to have this group of people who are loaded to the teeth with guns like, robbing these people. Yeah. It's not just, like, simple robbers. This is, like, a well-executed plan.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they're killing sells you on their plan as well. Exactly. The second they shoot someone in the head, I'm like, whoa, okay, this is not, like, a, a Christmas movie robber- robbery. This yeah, because like- they,
1: they don't even, like, ho- take any hostages from the staff. They just murder all the staff. Yeah. Like, people just get shot. And I think that's partially why they had to have such a big number and such a wild thing. They just didn't spend a lot of time fleshing it out. I agree. They just had to have the steaks, and we're like, this gives steaks, but uh, we're not going to explain why. Mm-hmm. So. Um,
0: I think like, the most effective part for me about these robbers is the fact that they all have fun little Christmas names. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, we got Scrooge, we got Krampus, we got Gingerbread, we got Candy Cane, we got Sugar Plum. It's like such a stupid thing, but I was like, yes, yeah, this is a Christmas robbery. It's great. Um, one person who I'm going to give a little shout-out to, because I found myself really amused by their performance... Is Brendan Fletcher as Krampus? He's ca- really yes. He is so over the top. He is hamming it up. It's bad. I loved it's, it.
1: I yeah. I thought it was so horrible. I did <laughs> I not lo- like it.
0: I loved it. I thought it was so funny.
1: The the scene where uh they're about to like they they've got the dad and they're gonna like put his nuts in the nutcracker like his actual <laughs> yes. nuts yeah and <laughs> John Leguizamo's character Scrooge is like. Uh, put his put his nuts into Peppermint or whatever her name is. And she's like, I'm not going to touch his junk. And he's like, I've seen you scoop brains out. And Krampus is like, I'll, I'll do it in the corner. <laughs> it's so
0: weird. He's got some really interesting facial acting in this movie. And then I love how the
1: Scrooge is just like, I love psychopaths. They're down for anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I felt the need to shout him out. I was just like, he's so over the top. It's really funny. The
1: moment where the he's like, all right, kill them all and then Krampus <laughs> says like okay everybody stand up yeah. to die i'm like, like what it's like demon demon bernie this man is on demon time right now yeah yeah though no, it was it was wild yeah it's, it's a lot of just like unnamed not not important goons yeah uh but they there's still a fun time every the, once in a while there's
0: some funny moments with them yeah mm-hmm. i i think the last thing i'll say about the robbery and the whole plot that they have it's interesting to just see Beverly D'Angelo playing like a total shitbag because she's uh, Clark Griswold's wife in National Lampoon's. Yeah. And so it's super funny to have her in another Christmas movie where she's just like the worst. Yeah. Just the it, absolute worst because she's a pretty supportive wife in that movie.
1: I wonder if they did that on purpose. Hmm.
0: Some de- deceptive little Christmas casting there Maybe. for us. Um, okay. Now let's get into ki- coolest kills. Now yes. that we've talked about the robbers a little bit, now they're all about to die. So let's mm-hmm. let's discuss it.
1: I I would say my favorite. And I think you agree with me when I say this is the final kill yes. of John Leguizamo as he gets fucking crushed going up a chimney.
0: Have, have you ever thought about what would happen if Santa grabbed somebody and went up the chimney with them? Because I've never thought about it. And seeing it brought to life, I was like, oh shit, yeah. The
1: craziest <laughs> thing is it's like, it's not even like he pulls them by his arms it's like by the belt yeah like it's like folding him in half and all that's left is just his torso it's brutal it is so brutal (laughs) it's just like a splattering of blood as he shoots at the top yeah um it's wild i love it i did see it coming but i was so excited i saw it coming and i was like hell yeah
0: i actually didn't see it coming I was, to be fair, I was a little drunk, but the second it happened, I like freaked out. I I, saw,
1: I saw an entire destroyed house in flames and then behind Santa a lone standing chimney. And I was like, "Hmm." oh, hell yeah. I
0: probably could have. Yeah, you're right.
1: Um, I think that one's really good. Uh, I think another one of my favorites is the, uh, is the robber who gets absolutely home alone. The guy who doesn't even get up into the attic.
0: Mm Mm-hmm uh the fucking nail through his falls on the nail when she's going up the stairs goes through his jaw and then he tries to lift his chin off of it and then you know in a very funny moment that nobody would ever do he's looking at the nail while holding it above his eye and then a bowling ball falls and go- puts it in uh, hilarious very gruesome home alone shit yeah but what- so good i can't remember what happens to the girl who's getting home alone so she
1: gets up into the attic and First thing that happens, she gets hit with a bunch of bowling balls, and one of them gets rolled down the thing, and that's what kills the other guy. Right. So she gets hit with a bunch of bowling balls, then she gets stuck in glue, and the back of her scalp gets Yes, off. yeah. Her
0: head falls on the glue, and she rips her scalp up. Ouch! <laughs>
1: um, and then uh, she gets hit with a couple weights and things, and then Santa just, like, decks her right in the stomach with, it, with a sledgehammer, and then like crushes her skull with
0: the sledgehammer right Um, yeah pretty awesome stuff
1: yeah pretty awesome stuff but yeah the whole home alone sequence very good i loved it because it's a lot of moments of like uh like clearly trudy loved home alone so much that she realized that none of these things would actually work so she had to fake it out she had to do fake outs uh to make it actually happen and it was so good
0: yeah because all the robbers are like i know what you're doing here kid and it's like well no i'm tricking you and then i'm gonna do this
1: yeah, like having the nail in the one uh, step and then him stepping on the one below it and it actually being sawed in half. Yeah, so, so he, he just falls. breaks and he falls on it. Holy shit, yeah. so good. Yeah, I um, also,
0: I loved the, the star to the eyeball. So good. Um, And then it just like catches fire because that's what would happen if electricity was like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then David Harbour's just like whoosh, trying to fan out the smell <laughs> of yeah. the smoke coming off of the dude's face. It's wild.
1: And then I got to shout out the entire like murder shed scene. Oh, yeah. Um. The moments, the one kill in particular where he just takes that skate and puts it through the guy's neck and then his mm-hmm. head is still there, but the body drops. Yeah. So good. Or even like the moment where he loops a cord around three guys and then just puts it into a snowblower. Oh, oh.
0: Some real seasons beatings on display here. Yeah, uh, facts. <laughs> I love that pun. I can't believe they cut that line out of the movie.
1: And I know you wanted to talk about one-liners too. Yeah. Um, before
0: we do, there's one last kill that I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really interesting how you're watching him struggle to kill throughout the first half. Not like struggle morally, but like struggle like with what weapons he's gonna use. Yeah. Um, and it it gives this kind of scrappy. You know, that, I guess that's the John Wick comparison. Is mm-hmm. like how he's just making do with whatever he has around him. Um, very nobody like as well, like the Bob Odenkirk movie. But I love the part where he's just on a little killing spree and he's killing everyone and he puts a candy cane in his mouth and he sucks it for a couple minutes and then he pulls it out and it's a blade now yeah. and he starts stabbing people just mercilessly with this candy cane. Just what? awesome stuff. What other movie does that
1: happen in? Because I remember I've seen that before.
0: I think it might be Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh, I think you're right. It might. It might be. I watched that recently and I think that there's something with a pointy candy cane in that.
1: Wait, does that happen during Christmas?
0: Anna and the Apocalypse? Yes, it does. Yeah, it's a Christmas because it's, yeah. it's a Christmas musical. Christmas musical. Oh yeah. my god, I forgot
1: about that one. Dang. Great movie. Great, Great movie. movie. Uh, really underrated. More people need to check it yeah, out. Yeah, I feel like I should watch that again this season.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but, but yeah, no, that's a good kill.
0: Let's talk one-liners now, though. Because... Yeah, the
1: reason why I was gonna say that was because there's a kill and a one-liner that I absolutely love. Okay, it's when it's the last guy that he, he runs at uh, after murdering everyone in the shed. And the guy tries to pull a grenade and he just stuffs it down his pants and he goes, here's a stocking stuffer.
0: Oh yeah, that's really
1: good. And then he runs away and then he stops and he's like, of course I'm going to look. And he turns around and the explosion it happens instead of like the cool
0: guys don't look at explosions. Uh, like, I, I gotta love see it. it. He's
1: like, I got to watch this. Yeah. It was hilarious.
0: I forgot about that. Here's a stocking stuffer line. That's so, so good. Really good. Um, I also, a line that I really loved, and this is like, I mentioned it earlier. It's in the very first scene. He's at the bar. It's not really a one-liner. It's just a, one of the lines that made me laugh absurdly hard. Mm-hmm. Is uh, he's getting he's slamming a beer, and she's just like, "Are you driving home tonight?" And he's like, "A little bit. The reindeer do most of the work." <laughs> yeah, that's great. And actually, that line just sent me. I was like, "Okay, I know exactly what type of movie this is." Yeah, I
1: think I think the only other one I really want to mention is I just love the um, I love the juxtaposition of the line where he's like, "Santa Claus is coming to town." Because that's such a jolly song, but he's coming to town to murder everyone. <laughs> right. Like, we
0: associate it with, like, Santa's coming to town to give you and all your friends presents. And it's like, no, he's actually coming to kill everybody here. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great. It's really um, good. Give him a lump of coal. It's just, like, you know, super simple, super straightforward. We know why he's giving him a lump of coal. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. like Especially I, give him a lump of coal up their anus. Up their anus. Not just going to give him a lump of coal.
1: Yeah. No, it was great. There's some really good one-liners in this movie.
0: Also, I love the fact that rather than like a punny kind of witty one-liner before he kills Mr. Scrooge, John Leguizamo, he actually gives like a very classic like Christmas movie line. Where mm-hmm. he, I don't remember what John Leguizamo says. Um, He's like, this is going to be
1: the last Christmas or something. Right. Um, and then uh, and
0: then David Santa Howard says like, something along the
1: lines of like... Not if you believe. Yeah, not if you believe. And then <laughs> touches his nose and... <laughs>
0: Just a super Christmasy line, and in the context yeah. of it being used as the final words before killing somebody, it's just—it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um. Okay. Here's one thing I wanted to get into a little bit. Do you think this movie takes itself a bit too serious?
1: Yeah, I think I think this is a really good segue into the end of the movie because yeah. I think the end of the movie is where it like has some odd moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it takes itself a bit too seriously because it has to. Um, to have that action really matter and those kills really matter, it has to take itself a little bit seriously.
0: In, in the same way I had mentioned, too, like it's not just a Christmas beat up It's got some heart to it. Of course it's going to have to take itself a little bit serious to sell us on that heart.
1: Yeah, it's got to have those stakes, and so it's got to have those serious, the seriousness. And I think it works at times, and it doesn't at others. Um, but I think, too... There's like a lot of classic Christmas things that they may be making fun of. They may not be. I'm not entirely sure. But really at the end, I think, is where um, a lot of the moments are like, we got to take this really seriously, don't work. Like the moment where the grandmother shoots the other guy in the head. I'm just really confused about why he doesn't do anything and just kind of stands there. And just lets it happen. And just lets it happen. Um, Another moment, too, is like uh, when – Santa's like dead, pretty much, and uh, the guy, the dad, is just like, "Oh no,
0: sweetie, I'm sorry.
1: I'm so sorry. It's so bad." Yeah, and it's trying to be really serious, but it just it shouldn't be. And also the moment where everyone's like, "I believe in Santa," so do I. There's like no heart in any of that. Of yeah, that.
0: I had I didn't like that scene very much. So uh, to
1: make those moments really matter, like I think Elf is a great example um, when they need everyone to believe in Santa so that he can make the sleigh fly and everyone starts singing a Christmas song in the middle of New York mm-hmm. like that's a very heartfelt moment where yeah. you can
0: really feel that Christmas
1: spirit but in that last moment in this movie I was like
0: okay and I think it doesn't work because Trudy's the only one that you are feeling anything for or connected yeah. with and so the rest of them I don't believe a word out of their mouth they're all rich assholes of course you don't believe what do you mean? Mm-hmm. You,
1: like the only reason you believe is because you see it right in front of your face yeah
0: And like, there's even one of the family members goes, I guess I believe. And I'm like, okay, like, of course it's not going to feel earned or effective when you're saying shit like that. It's like somebody apologizing to you and being like, I guess I'm sorry for what I said that sort of upset you for some reason. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't, you're not going to feel anything for that. Uh, And so you don't really feel anything in that final moment there. But I like that they kind of immediately acknowledge it with a joke when Santa comes back to life and um, the dad is like, how can I ever repay you? And he's like, you literally brought me back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're even. <laughs> That's
1: so good. That line was so funny. <laughs> I burst out laughing. Yeah, it's very good. Um, and then, like, I love... I, another thing I also love about the ending in this movie is just how most of the time someone learns their Christmas lesson, but in this case, it was Santa that learned his lesson. Mm-hmm. He, he thought that the kids weren't going to care anymore and all this stuff, but then in this moment, he realizes that... He's got a job to do, and he really does care about these few couple kids that still do care and believe.
0: And also, on the same note, for as much as the kids don't care, he didn't either. Yeah. And so it's a little bit of like you get what you give into it, you know? Exactly. So I like to believe that he's going to go back to not killing people and having a pretty good... Uh, career as Santa. Yo, this, yo. I want a sequel though. So let's they, get more killing.
1: Sequel goes hard. Where Santa instead of giving people lumps of coal, if they're on the naughty list, they just fucking die. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. Tommy, you bullied your sister, G- get killed. Yeah, we
0: we like to think there's like an optimistic ending here. Imagine the alternate sequel where Santa becomes completely consumed by killing, and he's just like, you're on the naughty list, you're dead.
1: Skull Crusher comes out. Yeah. God.
0: <laughs> wow. What did you think of Skull Crusher?
1: Skull Crusher's awesome. Sick weapon. Hell yeah. I love how it's just like a sledgehammer.
0: I know. I, it could have been something so festive. It's not. It's no. just a sick sledgehammer. And I think
1: that's great.
0: Yeah. He was a Viking.
1: He he already did so many festive kills. He kills people with candy canes, with ice skates, with a star on the top with of a Garland. Tree. Garland. A golf club that's wrapped Oh, Um, yeah, (laughs) that was good. All these things. He's got some very festive kills, but his actual weapon just being a fucking sledgehammer called Skull Crusher, Mm -hmm. the juxtaposition of that is so good. Yeah,
0: the juxtaposition of Santa having a sledgehammer called Skull Crusher, too. I think think you're absolutely right, and I'm a sucker for festive kills. I love, I think I've talked about this in our Christmas horror episode, which you should listen to if you're into Christmas horror movies. It's a pretty good episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked about the fact that Christmas horror movies, when you have, like, killers, like, Using Christmas lights or, like, ice skates. I'm just like, I think it's, like, the most entertaining shit in the world. The
1: classic icicle.
0: Yeah. And does he kill anyone with an icicle in this?
1: No, but the mom does.
0: Oh, okay. Mom kills
1: one of those guys with an icicle.
0: Nice. They still got it in there.
1: And then they weirdly kiss. The mom and the dad. I don't understand why they
0: reunited. I guess the spirit of Christmas.
1: They really just had to slip that in there at the end.
0: You know what? The mom was not the worst actress either. I think we counted out everybody in the family and I thought that she was all right.
1: Yeah. I think that she was all right too.
0: Alexis louder is her name. Mm -hmm. She played Linda. Yeah. I thought she was all right. Um, It's just discount Oscar Isaac who's Mm -hmm. not doing it for me.
1: Translucent. Really should have just stayed translucent.
0: Yeah, you told me right before we started, that's translucent from The Boys. Yeah, but... Not that I never know because he's never seen in the show. You can
1: only see him in one episode right? uh, when he is about to die. Uh, But, yeah, I know it's crazy. I I love it.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you have any other big things to say about about Violent Night? I think just to
1: kind of finish it off, um, I really did like this movie. I think that recently we haven't been getting very good new christmas movies like the grinch remake was not that good Mm um i think probably the only good one was um was it called holiday was that the one with uh christian happiest season oh happiest season i think happy season was really good it's a great movie yeah um i don't know why i thought of holiday that's the one with emma roberts right right Um, and so I think there's some not so great ones and then some good ones. And I think this one is a nice fresh new one that isn't like trying to do an old story that's already been done or like trying to do that classic campy Christmas family get together kind of thing. This is just like a fun Christmas time. Um, even though it's filled with murder. Uh, and so I, I really did enjoy this movie and I think a doesn't have the greatest acting, B, doesn't have the greatest script, but C, it's a fun time. Yeah. And I think that's all a Chris's movie really needs to be.
0: It, yeah, it makes up for the lack of, you know, great acting and great script with genuinely effective kills, some really good laughs, um, and a pretty good heart to it as well, so.
1: Yeah, so I, I feel like with all those things combined, it does what it meant to do. Yeah. Uh, and I sat in the theater, I watched it, and I left, and I was like, that was a lot of fun.
0: I'll be very honest, I think this movie is like 15 minutes too long. Like, there's like a giant lull in the second act where you're just like watching the family argue, and I'm like, yeah, we could have trimmed a lot of this stuff up here. I agree. Once you get the family in the compromising situation of being robbed, you don't need to spend much more time with them. We no. can, we can sh- spend the rest of the movie with Santa. Mm-hmm. And they kind of shift back a little bit, and there's like a whole like, 10 minute scene where the family's like, tied up arguing and i'm like get this out of here get it it needs to go i
1: think i know exactly what it's you're talking about it's the present scene isn't it yes yeah that i think they only needed to show the son giving the present and the mom reading the letter and then putting it away Mm -hmm. like that is kind of a a big moment for the plot
0: yes that part matters and how
1: the son like steals all the money which we didn't even mention but the stun son steals all the money and whatever it's not that important
0: he's yeah he just he's planning to get Away from his family forever, and he's gonna steal all his mom's money because she's evil and she doesn't deserve it. Yeah, and then they burn all the money to try not and, all the money, just, just some of the money, one <laughs> duffel bag. Oh, okay, just one duffel bag <laughs> to try and save Santa. Uh huh.
1: Um, but yeah, so I think that scene definitely did not be as long. I did not hear, need to hear the dumb movie pitch from the action movie guy. Oh, yeah, I hated him so much, he was so cringy. Um, this the moment where. <laughs> The grandmother's the the, do- the grandmother's daughter, whatever her name was, was like, kiss me in front of my son. And then they just oh, start, like he- making out on the couch. It's so weird. It's very extra. It's unnecessary.
0: I guess for me, the big takeaway is that when I saw this movie, I rated it a three and a half. And for now, I think I'm going to keep it there. But on a rewatch, it's very possible it'll actually be a four because I think it succeeds pretty well at what it's trying to do despite all of its faults and everything like that. And I'm, as we had talked about at the very beginning of the episode i'm gonna have to really see where this movie stands with me in like three years three four years because i do see it as being a pretty rewatchable movie one that i could imagine we'd revisit year after year i see us gathered around christmas with a couple beers in our hands watching this again a few years from now yeah that's pretty nice to have a new christmas movie that has that weight and impact
1: i agree i would rate it a three and a half as well i came out of the theater with a four and then I thought about it a bit longer, and I was like, okay, maybe three and a half. But mm-hmm. I definitely think after a rewatch, I could put it at a four.
0: Yeah. Because I did really enjoy it. I had a great time. Three and a half skull crushers out of five.
1: Yeah. Three and a half um, candy cane
0: uh, knives. Yeah. The uh, the big takeaway here is that David Harbour rocks. He's great. He deserves far more roles. He deserves more respect as an actor. Nobody really talks about David Harbour, aside from like the guy from Stranger Things. No, he's really good, guys. Yeah,
1: he's fantastic.
0: Um. I feel like it's really nice to have like a, a theatrical ass-kicking movie that he's doing that's doing well at the box office because he was in the Hellboy reboot, which went terribly. Did not for do him. great. And he's talked a lot pretty openly about how that like scared him away from blockbuster movies and really just from like IP in general. He's like, I'm really scared to play a character that somebody else likes at this point <laughs> in my life. Um, so I don't know. I think he's great, and I think that this movie is a ton of fun. And if you want something that's not your cliche just a Christmas movie about family. This is that, but also much more. Yeah. So you'll get you'll get the best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. Before we wrap up, um, I want to be honest with you. There actually has been some good Christmas movies that have come out so far this month. Mm. Um, I just watched Spirited with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Yeah, I heard that musical. was okay. It's okay. Um, it's definitely one that I would recommend you watch with your family just for the sake of some pretty good songs. The people who wrote the songs for it wrote mm. the songs for Greatest Showman. Um, nice. So there's some fun Christmas songs that are very similar in like musical style to like Greatest Showman's music. Um, it's a very interesting take on the Ebenezer Scrooge story, yeah, and the A Christmas Carol story. I think it shifts it in a pretty interesting way, where it's like these. Do you know the the plot? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. It's it's worth watching. I found it to be pretty fun. It's Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds that like you know their most Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. So if you can't handle them or if you don't like them. Maybe skip this one because they're they're pretty annoying in this, especially Will Ferrell. I was like, oh, man, he's really doing the Will Ferrell thing. Mm. Um, But no, I don't know. The script is its biggest weakness. The musical numbers and the Christmassy tone is its biggest strength. You Mm. know, also the way it plays around with a Christmas story. I thought was pretty unique. I also um, or with Christmas Carol. I also watched a Christmas story. Christmas. The you know about this? Um, oh, oh, right. This was the
1: Morgan was telling me about this.
0: Yeah, the sequel to to Bob Bob Clark's A Christmas Story, mm-hmm. which is like one of the most beloved Christmas movies, and really like when we're talking Christmas classic, kind of like the purest definition of that word. Mm-hmm. Um, did it need a sequel? Not at all. Is it fun? Yeah, I actually had a pretty good time with it. I was like but watching it, was it mid. No, it's better than it had any right to be. You know, like I think when I seen that they mm-hmm. were making a sequel to A Christmas Story, I was like, oh god. This could be a total disaster, especially if they spend the whole movie just being like you'll shoot your eye at like callbacks to the original. Yeah. All the callbacks are actually pretty effectively earned. They they okay. don't they don't just insert them for the sake of having them because they can. All the callbacks I, my brother looked at me and he was like, "Ah, that's actually pretty good." Um they're very subtle with it, and when they're not subtle, it's clever, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think I thought it was better than it had any right to be. There's a pretty bad narration. Like the main narration throughout the movie is not mm. good, but I thought I had a lot of heart and if you like the original Christmas story, it's at least a fun time with your family with the characters that people have loved for so long now, you know? Yeah. So I just wanted to run those by our listeners because Christmas movies usually are pretty slow trickle throughout the month of December, and we kind of usually get like one good Christmas movie every year. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we got three pretty good ones in a week, I was like, damn, all right, I'll take it. Yeah. I nice. guess that's all I have to say though about about those, yeah.
1: Yeah. There's lots of good Christmas movies out there for you to watch. Lots of classics. But this one is pretty good. Uh, We'll see if it's a
0: classic a couple years from now. Exactly.
1: Violent Night was a lot of fun. Uh, So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, If you want to check out our other episodes, you can find us. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, I just stopped myself. Whoa, mid-outro. never happens. I do want to mention one more thing. David Arbor nails the ho-ho-ho laugh.
0: Oh, he does. He
1: does it so organically. real good ho, ho ho So organically where he's just like kind of laughing and it kind of subtly comes out. mm mm-hmm. um, Really nails that. Anywho, <laughs> uh, you can find all our other episodes on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at the Dive and MovieCast. And you can also find our individual Instagrams. I'm at Wesley Giffen.
0: I am at Hayden Kutris, and it is the same name on our letterbox.
1: So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, Welcome to the Christmas season. And uh, we hope you keep listening to our episodes as they come out. We'll be doing them all throughout December. Uh, So happy holidays, and we'll see you next time.
0: Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah.